made with wit and kelts well we missed a week Mm -hmm. sorry about that guys i know how are you doing (laughs) i'm good i had some complications from a surgery i had last year actually okay and so actually me and kelsey we tried to plan it so we could have um hysterectomies at the same yeah, time twin or hysterectomies <laughs> which is so lame <laughs> <laughs> like mid-30s planning this but we were gonna try and do it this fall and then I've had this complication so mm-hmm. I just you guys I'm fine I was in so much pain mm-hmm. I have the best doctor ever um so yeah I'm just getting my hysterectomy a little sooner now oh. do you want to move yours up um I don't know no actually I don't <laughs> Okay, I'm like, I guess if I could be with you in the hospital, yes. But then the thought of like, yeah, I, I know. know. Well, he did tell me I get to stay the night. Like mm-hmm. I was going to be upset. And I'm like, yes, like <laughs> peace and quiet. No, right? it's never peace and quiet. It's like but a little vacation though. Almost. They're really extensive. Not really. I know. Oh, but shit. really, thanks guys for all your concern and love and messages. And I, I swear I've been dealing with health things my entire life. So mm-hmm. it's just like you know, one more thing. Oh, and man. I know yeah. I was like, I was kind of worried that morning. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, if one more person gets hurt oh, in my life, yes, anyways, so. because I saw one of your family members at the hospital yes, too. And uh-huh. I was like, Kelts, like, anyways, that morning I was in so much pain. We didn't know what was going on yet. And I, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I have four hours and then <laughs> someone's coming over to do the podcast. Do you think I can make it back in time? Like, <laughs> They're like, no. <laughs> I know. So I told Kelts, I'm like, do it without me. And she's like, no, no, we'll wait. So guys, I do apologize. But mm-hmm. it was a good week off. Yeah. Hopefully you guys listened to another good podcast that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, I I got awesome care. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we have an end game. Yeah. It's going to be good. It will be good. Yeah. yeah. But, we'll get you feeling better. <laughs> dang it. There goes my summer. <laughs> so yeah, everything's good here. We have been recording all day today. Mm-hmm. It's been so fun just to mm-hmm. kind of like listen to people's stories. I don't yes. know what it is, but I just mm-hmm. love hearing people's stories. Like I do too. And there's always a light that comes with everyone. Yeah. And I feel like every story I can take something away from it. Definitely. Yeah. So So today we get to hear from Elise, Mm -hmm. our cute friend. Yes. She's darling. And I was so excited. I call her my friend. I just met her, but she's my friend. (laughs) Everyone's our friend. Everyone's my friend. (laughs) Yes. So she talked to us today about, um, she had a husband that was addicted to drugs Mm -hmm. and just going through that and finding out and, Mm -hmm. You know, I can't imagine going through what she did, you know, and I say that with every story just because I've yeah. never been there. Yes. So, uh-huh. yeah, going through that and then going through a divorce mm-hmm. and being able to find a healthy relationship with her mm-hmm. ex. Yes, they're close and, again. Yeah. And finding forgiveness. Yeah. And, you know, being able to move on and she seems so happy now and I'm so happy mm-hmm. for her. Yeah. And so. I love that that's. When I had talked to her, like that was her main goal is she go, yeah. she just said, I want people to know that they can overcome things yes. and they can also, um, have an ex spouse and be, right. you know, yeah, friends with them. Yeah. And I think she said like the keys to helping her was letting things go mm-hmm. and that divorce doesn't have to be bad, Yeah, you know, and sometimes in some cases it's just the right thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. and her story worked out. Yep, it's it's a good episode. I hope that you guys enjoy it. We loved listening to her. So yes, 
Okay. Well, thanks guys for listening. And please make sure that if you're on Apple Podcasts to rate, review, and leave us a comment. Mm -hmm. And if you are on social media, make sure you're following us on Instagram and on Facebook. We, every Wednesday with our podcast release, we um, post like pictures and the person that we're talking to um, just so you can get a visualization and you Mm -hmm. can leave a comment for them and show support if you love their episode. Um, Sometimes we get on stories and talk. I know. It's always fun. (laughs) Sometimes we don't. Like we try though. So it's a party. So come find us on social media. Say hi. Let us know where you're listening from. Um, We love hearing from you guys. So thanks again for listening. Welcome, Elise. We're so excited to have you with us today. I'm super excited to be here. Well, good. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us where your story begins? Okay. So my story begins sophomore year, um, about 21 years ago. Holy cow. (laughs) Um, At our homecoming football game. And we were losing, of course. <laughs> our our football team was not the best. Um, and so me and a couple friends decided to leave. And our, um, my friend's friend that had just graduated came to pick us up in this, his nice souped up Jeep. <laughs> like so cool. Mm-hmm. And um, we went for a drive. And we went to another one of our friend's house. And they were pretty popular at the time. And um, we just hung out. And then the next day, this guy calls me, like, because we became friends and we went for a drive and just became really good friends. And when school started, I actually, (laughs) this is kind of funny. So I snuck out of the house. Don't do that. But gosh, I did that. Uh, so did I. <laughs> All the time. Sorry, mom. Just being she knows. <laughs> I well, I don't think my mom knows. She knows now. Surprise, mom. Um, snuck out of the house and went to some guy's house um, in Newton. And I actually ended up becoming better friends with this other guy and started dating him, which made... Um, what do I say? Like... Which made my ex like super upset. Oh, he was jealous. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he actually left to go on his mission. Mm-hmm. So he was gone for a year, and I continued to date this other guy. And when he came back, I just kind of had that realization: like, I should be with that person. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so we started dating after a little while of me breaking up with my current boyfriend, and. Um, dated for a year and then we, uh, we broke up for us for a brief moment in time. I don't remember why. Um, and then we got back together when school was almost over. Mm-hmm. And then, so we were seniors at that point. So I had just graduated. Um, we had gotten back together and decided we wanted to spend the rest of our lives together. So we got engaged, um, and were married in November of 2003. And we, we had so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we were always traveling, going to Bear Lake. We went to Hawaii after every year. Okay. Um, and then we, we built a home in, in North Logan. And soon after we built that home, we decided, you know, this is our forever home. So let's try to have a baby. 
and we struggled for about a year. Um, went to the doctors, like I was fine. He was fine. We just weren't conceiving. Mm -hmm. And so we did, um, a couple procedures and it still didn't work. Um, and then I actually ended up getting pregnant and it was a tubal pregnancy. So I had to have surgery, (laughs) which is never fun. Mm -hmm. And it was around the same time that two of my sisters, three of my, all three of my sisters were pregnant. And so I had just lost my baby and they were all having their babies. That's right. And so that was really hard. Mm-hmm. And my really good friend actually just had twins too. So I told her, I said, can I just keep one of them? <laughs> <laughs> and then we tried for another couple years. Um, and finally we were able to get pregnant with our oldest. And I was about seven months pregnant when things started to change a little. And I didn't know what was what was wrong. Like my husband was different and we went to Mexico. I was seven months pregnant when we went to Mexico and he was just kind of weird. I was like, who are you type thing? And didn't think anything of it. And then our oldest was born in December and I thought it was very strange that he left while I was in labor, he left and went to work for a few hours. Oh. Like he wasn't with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's really weird. Mm-hmm. And then after having our oldest, he left like the next day and was gone all day long. And I kept calling him like, where are you? Why aren't you here with me? Like experiencing this. And he's like, well, I had to go to work for a little while. I'm like, Okay. Come back though. So just weird things like that started to happen. Um, and as the months just kept going, trying to raise our cute little baby, he was few and far between. And we would have to go and visit him on job sites. And I'm like, I don't want to keep carting around my little baby to go see you. And then I remember the 4th of July. We were watching the fireworks and he was just mean. And so I would get angry with him. Mm -hmm. So my attitude started to change towards him. And I just was like, what is the matter with you? Like, what is going on? And he's like, nothing. I'm just working. It's just, I'm just stressed. Okay. Like I can understand that, but please don't take it out on me and the baby. And a couple months went by and it was October. I remember this day vividly and I'm going to get teary eyed (laughs) because I just, I called my brother and I said, this is what he's doing. Like, what do you like? What do you think? Mm -hmm. And he told me, Elise, look around your house just search your house. I was like, well, what am I looking for? He's like, anything, Mm -hmm. just look. Mm -hmm. And so after he had went to bed, like he had been sleeping a lot lately. And I was like, okay, as soon as he goes to bed, I'm going to search my house. (laughs) So I put the baby to bed and he was asleep. 
And this was like 11 o'clock at night. And so I started searching the house. And I went out into this room in the garage because I was like, all of his tools are in there. I wonder like if he's hiding something in there. And I started opening drawers and I found tons of tinfoil and like spoons and the ends of like those, the pens, like with the ink taken out of them. Um, like the bottom part was melted and I'm like, what is all this? So I went and grabbed what I thought (laughs) was a good idea. I went and grabbed two gallon size bags of Ziploc baggies. I filled both of those bags full of paraphernalia. Wow. I didn't know at the time, like what kind of paraphernalia it was Mm -hmm. because i'm so naive Mm -hmm. (laughs) being 23 and not i wouldn't know i know now i know as you're (laughs) talking i'm like wait what i know yeah Yeah. i don't know the difference between anything (laughs) i i I didn't either yeah and then i was like well let me look in the jeep as well and i found a ton of chew cans like Mm -hmm. tobacco cans and i was like he chews Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? Right. This <laughs> is, is not the this? man. Yeah. This is, who is this? And there were like at least 10 cans of chew in, in the Jeep. So I packed all those in the bags as well. And I went to bed. I didn't say anything. Oh, I could not do that. Did you go to sleep? Could you sleep? <sighs> yes and no. But I was, I slept very little because mm-hmm. my baby was still nursing yeah. at the time. Yeah. And then the next morning, him and his dad and his brother-in-law went golfing, like disc golfing. And so I called my mom and I called his mom and I said, I need you guys to come over here. And they're like, okay, like, is everything okay? And I said, no, but I need you both. Mm -hmm. So they came over and I brought out the bags and I said, I found all this. Like, I don't know what to do. And this was Halloween. So (laughs) I hate Halloween. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. It's so hard when hard things are associated with holidays. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kelts knows this. And and every holiday has something associated with it. So it's, it's been hard because I'm trying to rebuild Mm -hmm. memories. Yeah. And so they were like, we have to do an intervention. Like Mm -hmm. we have to. And so the next day, so I didn't say anything again. I was quiet. You're a good woman. (laughs) Well, and I have a question. Did your brother know? Like when he was like, go search the house, he like, (gasps) he knew, he knew. knew. Okay. And no one told you he didn't want to hurt me. Uh So he he was being a good big brother and like not wanting to be like, Elise, like, come on. Do you find it crazy that he's the one that you called? Yes. Do you ever think about that? You're like, I can't believe I called you. Like you're, yeah. cause he's the one who kind of led you on that path to help you. Yeah. And the fact that you called him and not like one of your sisters or I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was weird to call him because growing up he and I didn't get along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so to call my brother was like really weird, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad that I did. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so it was November 1st and it was a Sunday. I remember that it was a Sunday. My parents came over and well, it was my mom and his parents came over 
And like, he thought nothing of it. Like, oh yeah, grandparents are here to see the kid. Like he thought nothing of it. And then we all sat down and they're like, hey, we need to talk to you. And he's like, why? What's going on? And like, he gets up and starts pacing. So he knows that like something is wrong. Because when he's nervous, like he would pace the house. Mm-hmm. And I went to where I hid the the bags and I brought him out. And I said, what is this? And denial. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Where did you find that? And I said, it doesn't matter where I found it. What is this? And then he finally confessed that he had been doing cocaine for about a year. So he'd been smoking cocaine for about a year. And a lot of things become a blur, but I do remember um, him going to counseling and going back to um, the therapist, like a drug counselor. And then he was clean for a little while. Um, And then um, in... 2009, I believe, is when all that happened. And then I I got pregnant again in 2010. And he had been clean. Um, he had been clean for, for a little while. Um, he was clean throughout my entire second pregnancy. Um, and then I had Sophie at the end of 2010. And then he started acting weird again. And I was like, again? Like, what is happening? And he was building a road in in the canyon, in Sardine Canyon. And I remember going to see him and he just, his face, I, just, I remember his face was more sunk in. And I was like, this is different. Because with cocaine, like your face doesn't change. But with other drugs, it does. And so I had just started to notice, like, your face looks weird. <laughs> That's weird to say about your husband. Like, your face looks weird. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about. Like, when you see mug shots of people, you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so I found out a little while later that he had tried heroin. Mm-hmm. And so got him back into rehab again. And then he seemed to be okay for a, a couple years. Um, I had another miscarriage. Um, so I, I got pregnant and had a miscarriage shortly after my IUD was taken out. And so there was like a defect, not, I don't want to say a defect, a, um, well, yeah, like a, a defect mm-hmm. where part of the brain wasn't developing because of who knows a genetic defect. And so I ended up losing that baby at 12 weeks and then unexpectedly, like five months later, I got pregnant again. And that whole pregnancy was horrible um, because I found out that the dealers were friends of ours. His dealers were friends of ours. Mm. And these people would come to our home and they would hang out. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a coworker of his. They would come to our house and like borrow tools out of the tool shed and they'd be out there for longer than what they should be out there for. 
And when I found out who that person was, um, I actually helped with a sting operation and he got deported. So grateful for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the other ones we were friends with. That's hard. This was heroin still? Or was was it back to cocaine? Um at this at this point it was it was heroin. Um and then when I found out I was pregnant with our youngest, um, he off the bat started being weird again. And I was like, I can't do this again. Like this has been too hard. And I went through his phone while he was sleeping. I know, probably horrible to go through your husband's phone. No, I <laughs> but when a you lot lose, do it. Yeah. when you lose all that trust, like mm-hmm. you have to, you have to investigate a little. Mm-hmm. And so I went through his phone and I found, um, cause I, I had told him one more thing and I'm done. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't do this. And I had found like hidden in like messages, like kind of like Morris code almost that you can see, um, like parts of the phone number for one of his dealers. Okay. And I was so mad. And he kept promising me like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. Mm -hmm. And it was so stressful that, um, I almost, I almost lost our, our youngest many times. Um, I was in the hospital because preterm labor. Um, and it just, I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I was lost. Did you have like support from family and friends at this point or were you like, were you reaching out to anybody? No, you were I wasn't. It all by I was taking it all by myself because it was like a broken record. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to contact anybody and be like, he's doing it again. Because I've had so many people like, just leave. I'm like, you can't just pick up and leave. Mm -hmm. You've got two kids and pregnant. Like, what are you going to go? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you going to do? And like, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. And then I had Harper, um, my youngest Harper. And that was really traumatic uh, the cord was wrapped around her neck so much that the doctor just immediately snipped the umbilical cord and like took her over, like didn't even clamp it. So I'm like bleeding out and I was super close to having a blood transfusion. And I don't remember, like, I remember being so mad at my husband. Like I was just mad and I didn't want him to like touch me. Like, just don't touch me. I'm just mad at you. And, you know, I blame that last year kind of on myself because I was so mad and bitter at him that I didn't really feel like working on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if he was, I was just so mad at him that I I didn't want to. And in January of 2014, I remember telling him one more thing. I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. One more thing. I'm done. And he's like, I'm not doing anything. Like you're fishing for something. You're doing this. You're doing that. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And I went through his phone again and saw messages from one of our really good friends. 
And I was like, "Mm -mm." wow. And so I called that friend Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was like, leave him alone. I said, you have no idea what is going on. Leave him alone. Do not do this to me, to the three kids. Like, how dare you do that? And they were in complete denial as well. And I was like, mm-hmm. no. And so he didn't stop. <clears throat> so I told him I wanted a divorce and I moved out Valentine's Day wow. of 2014. Good for you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, good for I you. But how str- I'm like stressed listening to the story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're going through a lot. That's a lot. With three little babies. With three little babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Wow. Plus all your postpartum hormones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah. And good for you. Yeah. That you were like, hey, I'm done. I'm, I got to go. I got to go for me. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was, I was struggling um, faith-based as well. Because it's like they always tell you that you need to stay stay married and, you know, to get these blessings into heaven. And mm-hmm. it's just, I, I had faith crisis, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, I was pretty pregnant with my youngest and I went to the temple. And from this time I was, is when like things started to change for me. Um, I went to the temple and I was sitting in the chapel. So when you go to the temple, like you sit in the chapel first before you go up to the, to the room, to the session room. And I was sitting there and I was by myself. I think I was telling Kelsey this part, but I was sitting by myself and I heard a man's voice say, you need to leave. No one was sitting by me. Nobody. And so, of course, I didn't listen. I go upstairs, and throughout the session, two more times, I heard it. You need to leave. I'm like, you don't sit by any, like, any men. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. And as soon as I, like, got into the celestial room, I sat down, and I was like, okay, what is happening? Like, because I'm doing the work that we're supposed to be doing and you're telling me to leave. Like, is it you telling me to leave? And I got this, you're going to be okay, but you need to leave. Mm -hmm. And so I left. Mm -hmm. I didn't even congratulate my friend that went through the temple for the first time. I just left. Mm -hmm. And every time I tried to go back after that to try and find peace about what was going on in my life, I'd get closer and closer to the doors and it'd be like a dead stop in my tracks. Like don't go. Wow. And then I finally was like, okay, like I won't. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go the whole time, um, after I had my youngest and then, um, and then it was the, I found out that he was still doing things. And at this time I found out that it was meth. Wow. And so like kind of had that trifecta, like cocaine, mar- heroin, and meth. Mm-hmm. It's like, what else drugs are out there? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, after leaving, I was still active for a little while. And then I remember living on my own for the first time. <laughs> I was working two jobs. 
I didn't have any debt besides like my car. I didn't have cable. I just had rent and my car and my phone that I was really paying for. And it was just like the wrong time of the month. And I I wasn't going to be able to make my rent. So I went to my bishop and I asked for help for the first time ever. And that's always so embarrassing when you go in and ask for help anyway, because you kind of have that pride that you're like, no, I don't need to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And when I did, like he was looking over all my financials, closed the folder that I had and said, I'm not going to help you. You got into this mess. You can get yourself out. No. Mm-hmm. And so I took my folder and I left. You're like a single mom of three kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, dang it. And the only place that I felt at peace was the cemetery at this point. Um, my really good friend had, well, my best friend had, had passed away from cancer. And I would go and sit at her headstone and just kind of talk. Because she was one that I would always talk to. And when she died, I still have a hard time with it. And so I went to her gravestone and I was like, what do I do? And I just kept getting this, you're going to be okay. Like, you're okay. And shortly after that, um, I actually, I met my husband now. So I had filed from div- for divorce and I had met um, my husband that I have now. And it was, I wasn't looking for anything. And he, um, he's amazing. And we, we met two weeks after meeting online (laughs) and we've been together ever since, Mm -hmm. which people were like, why are you dating someone when you're not fully divorced? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it just happened. Like Mm -hmm. it's okay. Type Mm -hmm. thing. Like there were proceedings happening. Like me and my ex were not together at this time. And things got really ugly in the divorce and they used against me that I had stopped going to church and that um, I had a boyfriend and they used it against me. Um, It ends up that I have 50-50 with a a known drug addict at this time. And the judge actually asked him, like, what are you addicted to? And he told him, like, Mm -hmm. I'm addicted to meth. And he refused to give any of like the hair samples or the urine samples to the courts, which gives red flags, you would think. But the judge looked at me and told me that I was a horrible mother because I had moved away and I left the church and I had a boyfriend. And so. I mean, hold up. Yeah. <laughs> How do you use that against somebody that you don't go to church anymore? Isn't that like mm-hmm. a separation of church and state? That's it's weird. But we live in Utah. Oh, it. Like, it doesn't matter to Utah. <laughs> That's crazy to me. I know. That's yeah. nuts. I'm sorry you don't go to church. Your husband doesn't mess so he can have the kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he go to church? No. See? So then why does it matter? Why does Out it matter? of all of those three things that you named, for some reason, the church thing blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it blows still my blows mind. my mind. Wow. That you can use that against somebody. I don't, anyways, mm-hmm. sorry. Because I was teaching my kids immoral behaviors. Oh, gosh. I'm like angry <laughs> right now. <laughs> Who's the judge? 
I I don't even remember his name. You don't need to to say his name. I'm just saying I got some toilet paper and I'm going to his house. Just joking. No, we're not. I'm joking. We can't entice violence against judges. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) we take back that statement. (laughs) I don't. Come, come for me. Just you don't know where I live. Oh my gosh. This oh, is wow. crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. And he actually ordered my oldest um, to go to first grade up here. So the whole first year of my daughter's school schooling, I was living in Clinton and he, she had to stay up here. What? And I was like, who's going to raise her? Your yeah. mom? Yeah. And that's exactly what happened is that his mom picked her up every single day for school, brought her home every single day. And you didn't get to have that. And I didn't get to have that. And I would have to drive up here for nine months every week. I would drive up here every Thursday. I'd have to find somewhere to stay, whether that be at my mom's house or my brother's house or even a hotel every Thursday night. Wow wait for my daughter to get out of school on Fridays. Luckily it was half day, but I would have to wait for her do who knows what throughout the day, wait for her and then drive back home for the weekend. Wow. That's I, can you like fight that? Did you fight it? I tried. Yeah, I tried, but they said that I was um, an unfit mother. So, <laughs> Dang, he must have had a good lawyer. He did. Um, even just hearing his name, like my heart skips a beat because yeah. of how ruthless they were. Yeah. Um, at one point, I had called my ex and I said, hey, I'm in town. Can I see the girls for a little while? And he's like, yeah, they're up at my mom's house. And I said, okay. So I drove up. I said, will you call your parents and let them know that I'm going to come up and get them? And he's like, yeah, I'll call them. He didn't call. <laughs> And on the way there, I had actually gotten pulled over um, because I didn't realize that I was like a couple days late on my registration. So I actually got pulled over in front of their house, mm-hmm. in front of like my ex-in-law's house. Mm-hmm. And when my ex-father-in-law came home, he thought that I had brought the cops with me oh. to get the kids. And so he went off on me, screaming and yelling at me, was calling me a whore. Because I had, I was living with my now husband at the time and like having a new life and he was just went off on me and I'd only seen him get mad one other time in the 10 years that I was his daughter-in-law just once. And then the second time it was directed at me (laughs) and that still to this day, like when people start to get up, like angry like that, Mm -hmm. my anxiety just starts to go and I shut down and he was so mad at me because I brought cops with me to get the kids. Mm-hmm. I like, as I look back, I'm like, I should have recorded this mm-hmm. to take to the judge. Cause the next day we had court and the lawyers lied to the judge because we brought it up in court, like how abusive that was. Mm-hmm. And they lied and said that it didn't happen and that he was, he wasn't yelling at me. He was just like firmly talking to me. And I'm like, were you there? You weren't there. Mm -hmm. And so did, 
Did it, your ex's parents defend his behavior and yes. his drug problem? Yes. Okay. It was one of those sweep it under the rug type thing. Yeah. Like, like there's oh, not it, a problem. it didn't happen. Yeah. And they, they're good people, but at the same time, it's like your kid has a problem mm -hmm. and you're putting it under the rug. It's like one of those denial things, you know, you don't want to admit your child has a problem or a loved one has a problem. You just want to like protect them and it's okay. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the rest of it was just, it was really hard and they tried to so hard to make me out to be the bad guy. And we would bring back things to the judge and he would just overlook it. Like the judge didn't even care. Now, I don't know if it's because they know who my ex-in-laws are um, because my ex-grandfather-in-law used to be a judge in Cache Valley. Mm. So I don't know if they just like, yeah. like this is, you know, so-and-so's grandkid. Mm -hmm. I don't want to like tarnish the name type thing. Ew. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Ew. <laughs> So, so you just like had no chance really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a struggle though. I, the whole thing with your oldest going to school here, I would struggle with that mm -hmm. as a mom. That's like so exciting to send your kid to their first day of school. And I wasn't there, you know, be able to greet them when they come home and be like, Hey, how was your day or whatever, you know? And sometimes we take that for granted the later the school year goes, but still mm -hmm. that's such a big deal. And it to be my oldest, mm -hmm. the first time that she goes to the first grade, yeah. I'm not there. Yeah. And I, I look back at pictures and I'm so embarrassed by what she looked like on her first grade graduation type oh, thing. Because you weren't there to dress her, do mm -hmm. her hair. Oh, dang it. Yeah. So where do things go from there? Um, From there, we were finally, finally divorced. It took two years to get divorced. Wow. Um, and he was dating someone who is actually his wife now. She's a sweetheart. Um, and our divorce was final on August 3rd and he got married on the 12th of August. Oh, wow. So wow. they were married like nine days later. But you were in trouble for having a boyfriend. Yes. Oh, shoot. <laughs> so was he clean when he was clean about six months after I left. Okay. So he did get clean mm -hmm. and he's been clean ever since. Good for him. Um, you know, there's that big st statistic that only like, what is it? 10 to 15%. I could be totally wrong. Yeah. Actually get clean and yeah. stay clean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is great. Like, I'm really happy that he, that he's clean. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, even after the divorce, I still kind of prayed for, some sort of karma. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds horrible, but I did. I, I kind of prayed for it because they were still somewhat mean to me. Mm -hmm. And people are just like, how can you just let them do that to you? And I said, I don't know. Like, I just have to let it go. Mm -hmm. And then karma did kind of hit them. And it breaks my heart the way that it did happen. But, um, when it did, I was, I got a phone call from my ex and he was just in tears and I was like, this is weird. Like, what's the matter with you? Yeah. <laughs> and he just apologized to me. He's like, I see it. I see it now. 
I see what I did to you because I see it in my sister. And he's like, I don't know what I can do to ever show you how sorry I am. Mm -hmm. And I said, just by you recognizing what you did is okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That probably meant so much to you. mm -hmm. Yeah. And all of like part of that weight got lifted. There's still a lot of that weight that was there Mm -hmm. because of the way his mom and dad treated me and his sister a little bit. Um, I actually had to leave my job at uh, where I was working because my ex-mother-in-law was in human resources and I was in the same department as my ex-sister-in-law. Wow. So that was the whole reason I I moved and like I I just couldn't be there anymore. Mm -hmm. But I was a bad mom for doing that. Wow. You just like can't win though. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Wow. And so I got apologized, uh, like apologies that I never thought that I would ever get from his dad and from his mom mm-hmm. and even from his sister, you know, through the trial that, that their family has recently gone through and my heart breaks for them because of, I know, I know what she's feeling and I know what she's going through, but I mean, everybody's story is a little bit different, Mm -hmm. but everybody is addiction does something not only to the person that's addicted, but to the family members Mm -hmm. yeah, and to those close to you because I became a different person. Mm -hmm someone that I didn't recognize as well. And so like, I blame myself. It's like, not all of this is on him. Um, I was mean. My anxiety got the best of me Mm -hmm. and, and I, but I didn't know how else to handle it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do. And it just kind of came out Mm -hmm. as anger. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, and sometimes when we're stressed, like I think we all do stuff. We're like, Oh geez. Yeah. You know, but well, when you're kind of left with, not no choice, but you know. Oh yeah. Well, and I think we all handle things differently. Like you said, it just came out, you know, that's kind of how grief has been for me at least. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden I'm just so angry and I have no idea why. And then I'm like, oh, I know why. Like, you know, but you don't realize it till you're in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I can kind of relate to that. And that's where you just kind of have to like forgive mm-hmm. yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give yourself Like I was going grace. through a lot. Yeah. And I mean, as I look back, it's like I was going through a grieving process, but Mm -hmm. I was grieving someone that was still alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But in a relationship that fell apart. mm -hmm. Yeah. In a future, Mm -hmm. you're grieving the future that you had planned for you and your little family, you Mm -hmm. know? And and now, um, so I I remarried about almost three years ago um, to an amazing man. (laughs) How he puts up with me, I don't know because <laughs> sometimes my anxiety will come out and like it's it's weird my anxiety i'm i'm angry mm-hmm. like i'm an angry anxiety person uh-huh. which is i'm so sad <laughs> no that's not sad <laughs> at least you recognize yeah. it though i yep. feel like a lot of people have that and they don't associate it with their anxiety mm-hmm. and they don't accept it or you know what I'm, do you know mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Like there's some denial, like yeah, nothing's wrong. You're very brain. aware. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at least you're aware of it. Mm-hmm. You know what it stems from. And it sounds like you're dealing with it. You're mm-hmm. not just like pushing it aside, you know, no. cause you're admitting it to us. So at least, you know, 
Yeah. And, and when, when that happens, like, I just have to tell my family, like, leave me alone for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. till I can like get my heart rate back to normal. Mm -hmm. Like you just need to leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And like, it triggers when, when I come home from work Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they are just like all, all the kids. So we, um, we have six kids, uh, five of them live with us. And so when I come home, I've got five kids that are like, mom, we need this mom. I need to go here. My mom, I'm hungry, babe. Like what's for dinner. And it's just like, I just walked through the door. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a second. Give me a minute, please. But, um, the kids are with me full time now. Um, I think after, after him seeing that I'm not a bad person and them getting over what their emotional things were, um, I have had the kids, um, for the last five years. So that's been great. Um, they do come up here every, every weekend to be with their dad. And cause we still have 50, 50. And sometimes I think about going back and being like, Hey, like we need to change the custody, but then my anxiety hits and I'm like, Nope. Yeah. I'm not going back there. And I'm not going back to, to like that side. PTSD with the court system mm-hmm. kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not going back to that. And so we just kind of made it our goal to be good parents to our kids mm-hmm. and to co-parent really well. And that's the thing that people um, don't see very often. And, and that I wanted to kind of express is that divorce isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually a good thing. Um, and then when your kids see that you can get along, it's the best thing in the world. Cause I'll still have people be like, how can you be friends with him or even be nice to him after everything that he did to you? And I said, it's called forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I will never forget what happened. Um, there's probably so much of the story that I have left out probably because it's kind of traumatic. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I had to go through that to be who I am today Mm -hmm. and seeing other parents that are divorced that have to go to like police stations to exchange their kids. We go to seven 11 (laughs) guys want to slurpee before you hit. (laughs) It's almost exactly what we do. Like the kids will go in and get like a treat Mm -hmm. and And you switch and we switch. And it's, it's been really good. Um, whenever we have issues with the kids, like I'll call him and be like, Hey, this is going on. Like we, I need your help to fix this. And so like he and his wife will work on things at their house and me and my husband will work on things at our house and, and come to the conclusion and like, okay, so this is what's happening, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I, I love that our kids see that we're friends, yeah, Mm -hmm. like quote unquote friends, Mm -hmm. because even now (laughs) at like, the school kids ages, like they have like their little boyfriends or their little girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And when they break up, my little Sophie, she's 10 and she broke up with her little boyfriend and her friends were like, you can't be friends with him now. And she's like, why? And they tell her like, because whenever you break up with someone, like you can't be their friend. Mm -hmm. And she's like, whatever. She's like, my parents aren't married and they're friends. Mm -hmm. 
And they like kind of look at her like, what? Like my parents aren't friends. Mm -hmm. That's cute though that she knows that. And good for you guys for putting your kids first and, you know, Mm -hmm. having that relationship where your kids see that. Mm -hmm. And and it's also good for my kids to see that I have a relationship with their stepmom Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And, and it is a little weird to like say what I'm going to say, but when they had their little boy, um, I was super jealous because I had all girls mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where's my boy, uh-huh. you know, like, and, and I'm done having kids. So, I mean, I, I have a stepson and he's amazing. And, um, I think of him as my kid, but about having your own kid, that's a boy, like mm-hmm. you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they had their little boy, they invited me up to the hospital. Aww. Like they both did. So I was able to go up and be with my girls and my ex-husband and his new wife and, and their little boy. And he has like a little piece of my heart. Aww. Like I love that little boy yeah. so much. Yeah. And so I just, I just think that it's better for families that aren't together to, to try and work something out mm-hmm. because it's been such a weightlifting experience that everybody should be free mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. No, I love that. What, like, what would be advice that you would give to somebody who was like, how did you do it? What do I, you know, like just a little piece of take this next step type of a thing. Letting go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so much easier said than done, but, um, look in yourself mm-hmm. and think, okay, do I want to be miserable for the rest of my life and hold on to this anger mm-hmm. or let it go and be happy? Well, and let, move on. And let's be honest, like life, we all think we can control it and we can't. So just let go and live a good life, you know? Like never forget, mm-hmm. never, like never forget, but holding on to that animosity, mm-hmm. what's it doing? Mm-hmm. It's only hurting you. It's and not stressing you out. And yeah, like it's not hurting Joe Schmo down the street. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not hurting the other person. It's hurting you. Mm-hmm. And so my advice would just be to to look inside yourself and find your true happiness. Yeah. I love that. I do too. What was the best advice you ever got going through this? Did anyone give you advice that you're like, oh, thank you. Like it hit home. No. No? <laughs> no, because I was yeah. like, I wish somebody would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that's why it's so important to me to be like, mm-hmm. you need to just let it go. And, mm-hmm. and I've been like thinking for a long time that I've wanted to share our story and, and I had even talked to my ex. I'm like, I feel like I need to share. And he's like, why? Yeah. I said, because where we are now could help mm-hmm. somebody else mm-hmm. to see like, it's not all bad. Yeah. Well, an addiction, you know, changed his life, but it isn't who he is. Mm-mm. You know, he's still a great guy. It sounds like, he just had a problem for a while mm-hmm. and thankfully he came out of it. That's not always the case, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But I'm glad that you guys are in a good place and he's happy and you're happy. And, you know, like you said, sometimes divorce is good. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a taboo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> divorce really isn't. Um, it doesn't have to be, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. 
everything's an experience, you know? So you just gotta, I don't know, make the best out of it. I know. Yeah. Those dang life trials. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we wouldn't have to go through what we go through sometimes. Don't you wish you could just like see a list and like pick like, okay, I think I can handle this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cause I don't think I would have picked my trials. I don't know if I would have picked anything. (laughs) I'm like, you got something else. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like what's behind door number two. Right. right? I don't like that one. (laughs) Nope. I don't like that door and those options. Next. Oh man. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Elise, for coming on and sharing your story with us. And I really think somebody out there is going to be like, dang, like if she can do it, I can do it. You Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. So I know it's so hard to put yourself out there, but mm-hmm. it means so much to us that you're able to like share that and what you've gone through and come out on the other side and you're smiling and you're happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am. You know, you're in a good place. So it, it's it's been a long road to get to be mm-hmm. the smiley happy. Yeah. Right. But um yeah. I'm I'm happy in, in my life and my relationship and um we've been doing a lot of service work, which is also like opened our hearts a lot more mm-hmm. and like serving others and you know it life's too short to be angry mm-hmm. yeah i, I like it yes okay well thank you for being here thank and you. thank you everyone for listening Hey listeners, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to learn more about Bane's Legacy, go to www.baneslegacy.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Bane's Legacy 19 and Facebook at Bane's Legacy. And if you want to learn more about Taisley's foundation, Tay Tough, go to www.taytaytough.org. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram also at Tay Tough.